this is horrible. Trent's mother's van is being destroyed. Sue's van is being destroyed. There is no cause for this. She did not do anything at all to Ortiz and Santana. So your mom's, he said, was good. Not only did you destroy my friend's mom's van, you made a liar out of me. I told Sue personally that I would take care of this van and keep it safe. Guys, you guys can do whatever you want to us. We don't care. Throw a chair at our heads, hit us with your little socks, but you do not touch my mom's van, you cowards. If you wanted a rematch, all you had to do was ask. We'd be happy to beat your ass again. We did it tonight. We'll gladly do it again. And when we do beat you, you're going to personally apologize to my mom on speakerphone. Welcome to Last Match Standing, the podcast where we review, relive, and rank the greatest wrestling matches of all time. As always, I'm Spencer. I am the table! And I'm Sue. And today, <laughs> we are coming to you from August, no, September the 16th, 2020, from Daly's Place in Jacksonville, Florida. Of course, it is 2020, remind you. Uh, for our very first time ever, All Elite wrestling yep it's aw dynamite and it's a parking lot fight the best friends versus santana and ortiz love it there are matches that define the sport of pro wrestling technical masterpieces with intricate timing flawless chemistry and then there's this match which has all that well there are matches that define a generation right unforgettable battles that captivate us with rare sense of idiosyncratic originality, if you will. Look at that. I pulled that. Falling, I mean, yeah. You just pat yourself on the back. That was good. This match is so special because somehow it's both. Yes, it is. Mm. It's, it's one of those things that nobody expected nope. on sort of just a random episode of Dynamite. Mm-hmm. But this was a time when AEW was still new it was it was very much people didn't know what to expect from AEW, and isn't that what made us fall in love with pro wrestling in the first place? Yeah. Was just this sense of unexpected, like what's going to happen next? Well, for me, it was watching SmackDown on on Thursday nights and seeing Taz come out to argue Triple H and then getting beaten in like five minutes, and I was like, "Ooh, I better watch more of this product." It's <laughs> exactly right. No, see, actually, see, we're on the same level. We know actually, exactly what we're talking about. It was about. actually Royal Rumble 2000. That's what I kind of fell into wrestling, but that's that's a story for another day. Best pay per view ever. Man. It's pretty good. Yeah. So this is a really interesting one, and I want to talk about it. Um, and we obviously will talk at length about this match and about where it deserves to be on our list. Should it be on our list at all? These are questions that we'll talk about today. Maybe. But before we get into it, I want to say a couple of things. If you're just listening to us on our regular pod feed that you normally would, whether that's Apple Music, Spotify, whatever that may be, first of all, thanks. Appreciate you. Secondly, um, what you cannot see is that this is our very first Patreon-exclusive live episode of our podcast. We are streaming live video and all onto Patreon. So we've decided that this is going to be a new perk for our patrons uh, Mm -hmm. that you can access at select tiers where you can watch us actually record these episodes live and in the moment. Whereas, you know, obviously on the recorded pod, there will be some things edited out as we sort of, you know, clean things up. But uh, mostly Paul. Yes, (laughs) I have many numerous hot takes. (laughs) So if you want the hot takes, yeah, become a patron. That's exactly right. Yeah, if you want to see sort of the the raw uh, version of us, if you will, um, yeah, that's what something we decided to offer. We really like this as an idea to sort of get closer, Landon. That is inappropriate. Too much. <laughs> I just I was so in the in my train of thought, and then all of a sudden I saw a nipple, and I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and it was Landon. 
Um, but yeah, this is something new that we decided to do. We're super excited about it. Hope our patrons enjoy it as well. Uh, that way you sort of see the, you know, the very real version of what's going on. Um, so absolutely that you can find us on Patreon. Also on Patreon is our last mania standing series. Uh, we just finished WrestleMania 27 heading into WrestleMania 28. Uh, also some other stuff on there. We have a, a last patron standing trivia series that we've been doing here as of late about to start season three of that. So super, super pumped in that regard. Um, and then just our regular podcast, Definitely subscribe, um, share us. We're, we're streaming halfway through YouTube right now through Patreon, so that's helpful. Obviously, if you want to listen to us on YouTube, if you are listening to us on YouTube, thank you for that. Feel free to subscribe and, and click that button for notifications and all that fun stuff. Simulcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I have a couple of interactions that we've had over the course of the last couple of, of weeks. Which is literally the best part about doing this show. Could not yes. agree. 1,000%. Could not agree more. And it's actually... Um, it's some Patreon stuff uh, that I think is worth mentioning here. Uh, if you recall, our very last... Uh, <laughs> Landon's pointing out the camera for you, Patreon, uh, Patreon subscribers. So um, if you recall, our very last episode was WCW Goldberg versus DDP. Uh, we had a ton of fun recording that one. Page of Such one. an excellent, excellent. Yeah. And so a couple of, of notes that we got, a, little, a couple of comments. First of all, uh, the steamed ham champ, <laughs> glorious AU. I know that as guy. We know him. The deep fake narrow. Uh, we know him as a lot of names. Yes. Uh, but we also know him as the guy that gave us this suggestion, one of several that gave us the suggestion for this WCW match. So thanks for that. Uh, and he also, corrections corner, this is what we do every don't, don't episode. Don't point at me. We do this every single episode. We have not missed one time. Uh, for Corrections Corner, uh, Dylan does say, by the way, Cole and Taz called the Rumble 2003 Angle versus Benoit match. They if did? you remember, uh, I think we, we mentioned that it might have been JR and, and Paul Heyman, uh, which it was not at the Royal Rumble 2003. It was Cole and Taz. So just a little correction corner for you. Cole no, and Taz. No, no we, we didn't say Heyman. We said, uh, I think we said Joey Styles. Cole and Taz, great team. Cole and Taz, good team. As we know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The you know, sort of the um, it's a vintage team. When I think about SmackDown, I think about that team, absolutely. For sure. yeah, SmackDown Six era. Uh, but Derek also had something really great to say on Patreon. Derek, thanks so much. By the way, Derek says loved that this match made the pod. Not one I would have <laughs> thought of, but DDP and Goldberg were truly some of the most over wrestlers during the most popular time in wrestling. One of the few face versus face matches matches that worked and truly had a big fight feel. Mm -hmm. Plus. DDP is an amazing human being. So glad you dived into his background. Oh my God. That see, that was like yeah. half the reason I wanted to do the episode. Exactly. In the place we was... talked so much about how, like, is this technically one of the greatest matches of all time? Probably not, but we is it a, a lot of fun? Yeah. Is it a huge moment? Is it something that is so, so memorable in the minds of wrestling fans, especially wrestling fans from the late nineties, which as we know is one of the biggest times in wrestling history. Um, so yeah, absolutely, Derek and uh, and Dylan. Thanks so much, guys, for that feedback. That was really, really awesome. If you have any other thoughts on our DDP Goldberg match and where it wound up in the ranking, definitely let us know. You can shoot us uh, a tweet at Last Match Cast. You can find us on Facebook the same way at Last Match Cast. You can also send us an email at lastmatchstanding at gmail dot com. So plenty of ways for you to get involved in interacting with our show because, like Landon said earlier, it's the reason we do it. It's the most fun part for us. Um, and we love to hear those things. But with that in mind, we are 73 matches in. It's time to get on to episode 74. And we will get to the controversial part of this as we get down the road. But let's get ourselves first to the parking lot fight as the main event of AEW Dynamite. So what is the build? What is the very build for Dynamite Wrestling? Well, guys, this match is important for so many reasons. Uh, this match is an absolute turning point for tag team wrestling in AEW. Oh, yeah. uh, as an organization developing into what is, is, is regarded as the most pure example of the best pro wrestling can be. Uh, but building a division starts with having incredibly talented teams look at Lucha Bros, Young Bucks... Uh, Jurassic Express, SCU, the list goes on and on. Check, check, check. Varsity Blondes. But unfortunately, this means that some of those teams get relegated to sort of taking a back seat to some of the other ones, right? I mean, someone's got to lose. So, you know, in 2020, this is where the best friends 
and Santana and Ortiz found themselves, right? Santana and Ortiz sort of playing second fiddle to what's going on with Chris Jericho. They were sort of buried inside the inner circle. Uh, and uh, best friends, you know, sort of, you know, Orange Cassidy is getting all of the love, and they're sort of, you know, again, backseat. Um, Not today. <laughs> this match proved that tag team wrestling was going to get the attention that it deserved, and we'll get into it. And this one is just so often overlooked. Uh, this match kind of falls into that category of a cinematic match, which... Very cinematic. It's easy to forget that, right? Because it doesn't feel like a cinematic match, but it very much was. There were no fans, right? I mean, there were, there were like, actors that were, like, trying to be fans, Those like, just around. just other wrestlers. It, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just kind of other wrestlers and some folks that's they what had. They, that's what they did for a while when they couldn't have fans. They just had, like... Wrestlers that weren't booked that night or, like, friends and family of the wrestlers, fucking people who worked backstage would just put on merch, wear masks, and just simulate having a crowd there because it goes a very long way being able to enjoy wrestling. Oh, and by the way, this match produced by the legendary Jerry Lynn. I could tell. Could you tell? A little bit. It was really, really, really noticeable. Um, and, and a lot of the matches that are, are produced in AEW sort of have that sort of Jerry Lynn feel. Uh, and, and a couple Either of a couple of folks back there. Hey, DDP is back there helping out mm-hmm. with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in 2012, Angel Ortiz and Mike Drastic formed a tag team with the acronym "Entertain Your Fucking Balls Off." That was their tag team. It was EYFBO. Uh, <laughs> that was literally their indie tag team name. We're running through the indie ranks, winning championships in AAA and CZW before arriving in Impact Wrestling in 2017. You know who they became? There they joined Conan to become... LAX, baby. The returning Latin American exchange, the new LAX. Uh, and arguably the most prominent tag team in Impact Wrestling history, holding the record for the most combined days as tag team champions at 662 days across their four Reigns. So you're saying if they just held it for four more days, they would have been the team of the beast. Damn, they sure would have. Uh, Santana and Ortiz were instrumental in establishing AEW as a must-see television show, as they were the first, or one of the first, to make a surprise debut. Oh, yeah. In Wearing AEW. their uh, Richard Nixon masks. <laughs> oh, my God. They sure were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they appeared out of nowhere to attack the Lucha Bros and Nick Jackson. On, and on the inaugural episode of Dynamite, they teamed with, for the first time, Chris Jericho. And that was sort of the unofficial beginning of the inner circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta. Uh, at this point, he's Trent? Trent? <laughs> first teamed on August 31st, 2013. That at long the ago? Pro Wrestling Guerrilla 2013 Battle of Los Angeles. Little do you know... Trent pulled Chuck Taylor out from underneath a car because he's a mechanic. I've convinced myself in my mind that's what he looks like. So he just pulled him right on out and said, we should tag team. I mean, I'm an electrician, so I get it. That's how it worked, right? That's 100%. How did you know? I it's so see, weird. Thank you very much. Um, you, you're, that's why you're on the show. You just you have this intuition. Uh, so they actually tag teamed alongside Joey Ryan, where they defeated the team of B-Boy, Tommaso Ciampa, and Willie Mack. A string of victories followed this, culminating in Taylor and Trent defeating <laughs> the Inner City Machine Guns to win the 2014 Dynamite Doomverate Tag Team Title Tournament. Somebody explain that uh, name to me. Certainly, that means something. I need to go back and watch more PWG. Um, on January 31st, and then the best they've been best friends ever since. Uh-huh. Best friends first appeared in Ring of Honor uh, May 14th, 2017, joined by Beretta's Rapongi vice partner, Rocky Romero. Hey, I know him. In a victory over Bullet Club's The Young Bucks and Adam Page. On October 10th, Chucky e. T and Beretta won a match against The Addiction to become the number one contenders for the ROH World Tag Team Championship in a losing effort to the Motor City Machine Guns. Oh, I love MGMT. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time is Chris Saban. Just did you know he incredible. has the amazing ability to touch his palm with his thumb? You, you just, I don't, I. Good job, uh, best friends. <laughs> 
Best Friends made their debut for New Japan Pro Wrestling on the second day of the 2017 World Tag League, representing the Chaos Stable. They went on to score four wins and three losses in the tournament, failing to advance to the finals. They did, however, compete in the 2018 World Tag League, scoring 14 points. Uh, and also failed to advance to the finals. Oh, of course. It sounds like you're really hyping them up, and then you're like, well, they kind of sucked. Yeah, they did such a good <laughs> well, job. Actually, they 14 points is really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's the inflection that you have. It's That's like, wow, touchdowns. they failed. Uh, <laughs> a couple touchdowns. Uh, what's what's interesting about uh, these tournaments and seeing uh, Trent and Trent and Chucky e. T go through uh, <laughs> these these tournaments was. Chucky displayed more aggression, kind of his attitude sort of shifted towards the end of these tournaments, and he started attacking opponents with steel chairs, and he actually caused a disqualification loss for the team, and there was a little bit of tension building between the two, and everybody thought he was going to turn on Beretta. Ultimately, the storyline did not continue because they both left New Japan and signed with All Elite Wrestling in 2019. Best Friends was among the first group of athletes to announce that they were All Elite, and they competed in the inaugural AEW Tag Team Championship Tournament, but they were eliminated in the first round. On June 10th of 2019, the Dynamite episode, Best Friends and Orange Cassidy defeated the Inner Circles, Jake Hager, and Santana and Ortiz. Actually, that must have been 2020. Yeah, that sounds right. June 2020. Mm-hmm. So they're sort of embroiled in this feud uh, with with the Inner Circle. And this was actually, there's a lot of really fun things happening in AEW at this point. This is the first time we're covering AEW on the podcast. Yes. Which is it sure is. Crazy. If you recall, um, this is really interesting because most of the time if we've brought up AEW on the pod in any way, uh, I normally stay out of those conversations because I haven't seen a lot of it. Um, because, but yeah, because I am on part of our Patreon spinoff series, Welcome to the Elite, where I've been covering um, AEW and, the, and their major events from the beginning. And so I actually am just about to this point um, in, in my, you know, basically crawl through AEW. And so it's been really, really nice to know what's going on in the terms of this conversation. Um, and we're really, really excited because on Patreon, we're about to drop... Um, our next couple episodes of Welcome to the Elite. So really, really fun stuff coming there, especially with Jen, my co-host now. Stay tuned. Yeah, it'll be good stuff. But all that to say is that, yes, first time we're covering AEW on the pod. I know what's going on. You know what's going on. Um, and yeah, it, June, summer 2020, you have to remember, pandemic era, you know? Yeah, Super pandemic era. And as, I mean, as we know, the pandemic still continues uh, in, in real life, but we have a return, obviously, of live wrestling crowds, and that's made all of the difference in the world. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? Um, but picture yourself back into, you know, uh, what was still a relatively new show at the time, Dynamite, mm-hmm. having to push themselves through um, what was such a difficult time. And they were, to your point, Landon, doing really good stuff. They were. and it, I mean, Orange Cassidy was getting beat up with a bag of blood oranges. <laughs> um, it's actually just, very painful. Inners, oh, you've done this. You've, this, is, this has happened to you. Have you ever been hit with a bag of fruit before? You know, I tend to avoid it myself. It's not fun. I'll keep those there's, to myself. There's a joke there. Uh, yeah, keeping it to myself. I, <laughs> keeping it to myself. Go on. Okay. It's so unfortunate because I really want to hear it. Uh, but <laughs> That'll be off camera. Uh, the beatings wouldn't stop there. In August, Santana and Ortiz would stoop to the lowest of lows by destroying Trent's Trent's mom, Sue's Sue. Her her the no, Sue's an exclamation point. Sue the, the Beretta van was completely destroyed. Uh, I say completely. I don't know. I guess it was hit a couple times and they <laughs> called they, it they, totaled. They totaled it. <laughs> it was, Must a, have it was an old van. Must have Geico. <laughs> they totaled it. In retaliation. These two teams are booked in a parking lot brawl. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Excuse you. Parking lot fight. fight. <laughs> it's a fight. Uh, and, and chaos ensued, no pun intended. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty chaotic. Paul, any, any thoughts on this build as we get prepped here to go into the match itself? Just going down memory lane for me. Yeah. I watched all this as it happened. Okay. Okay. So, um, as a reminder... On commentary, Tony Schiavone, of course, Excalibur for the second time on our list, yep. Excalibur. And 
Good old JR. That's our three man commentary team, as we've come to know and love. JR, on who Dynamite. Is, as we know, has never been on the podcast before. <laughs> and also, uh, we have two officials in this match. Yeah, we got uh, the Bryce is Right, Bryce Brinsberg. And. Rick Knox. I would say I bet it's Rick Knox. Yeah, and the funny thing is, is that <laughs> there's not a game show reference in there. Rick, Rick Knox. Knox. There's really not. You better leave Rick alone because he'll knock your block off. Yeah, I will say this is, I think, our first match that was not a rumble, maybe on the list that has multiple referees. I think. Oh, you're right. what an interesting stat. Yeah, there's something interesting. There's a little trivia for you down the line. Um, was there? There had to have been one where there was like supposed to be a referee, and then they got knocked out, so another referee came out. There's plenty of those. There's yeah, plenty but, of those. The, but just the fact that there is two active officials. I remember. At all times. I remember saying, "Run, little Nate, run!" Yeah. <laughs> I just don't remember oh, which God. match that was. I do, and listen, I forgot to bring it up, but it is so so important uh, as we get into this match that I I think we need to take a moment to acknowledge this. Um, today, as of recording, it is Sunday, December the twelfth, twenty twenty one. Uh, yep. As of this moment, and it is a big day in the history of professional wrestling. It is, it is, it is because today, right now, is the 98th birthday of former guest host of Monday Night Raw <laughs> and host of The Price Is Raw, Bob Barker. 98th birthday. 98th birthday. Today, it's happening right now. Somehow I knew that's where he was going. And yet you're not recording this show with the Bob Barker mic. <laughs> that, that you own, you he it. owns one. I he do. definitely owns one. That is what you call a missed opportunity. Who doesn't? You know? Who yeah, doesn't? I just, it was worth acknowledging. It had to happen. Uh, I still think Chris Jericho versus Bob Barker would make our list. So I'm a little disappointed that it has not happened to I this point. Bob kicked his ass, though. Uh, just one, you know, I think he chopped Chavo Guerrero that night, oh, if you you're recall. Right. Yeah, yeah, I remember somebody tried to win a trip to Hawaii. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> so, 13 minutes and 2 seconds is the length of the main event of AEW Dynamite from September the 16th, 2020. And as Justin Roberts tells us, it is a parking lot fight. Uh, and we also know that the only way to win is by pinfall, submission, or surrender. There will be no referee stoppage whatsoever. They, they make that point very, very clear. So just picture it in your head. If you haven't seen it, uh, by the way, you can find it on the internet on Daily Motion. You probably, we should probably not endorse that necessarily, but it's there. Um, just ads. Just so you know. Yeah, Daily Motion with ads now. I got no ads when I watched it. I don't, well, I, well, fuck what's you. Ruining, uh, what's ruining wrestling fans' experience more? Ads on Daily Motion or Peacock? Peacock. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Yeah, that, that's uh, only in America, though. If you're outside of the country, you congratulations can you, to you. You have a network still. I hate you. Yeah, <laughs> you can jump to specific points in matches. We can't do that. We have to just fast forward. We sure do. Guess. It's not fun. It's not fun. Um, but but picture it, Sicily, 1904. That's a Golden Girls reference. Does that overlap here? Any do we have any Golden Girls uh, fans that listen to the pod? Betty White did guest host. So. Betty Betty White. Oh my god! In my mind, Betty White and Bob Barker were married. That's not true at all. But in my mind, that exists. They're about the same age. Yeah. Um. Seriously, Golden Girls fans, you can find me at Spencer Hunt. Don Cheadle. <laughs> uh. But anyway, um. Picture it. Concrete backstage of an arena, Daly's place. In this instance, a circle of um, cars. Circle of cars. It's just like the video games that you remember, right? Uh, was it Eddie Guerrero versus John Cena? Yes, Eddie Guerrero versus John Cena is, is really the only one I can remember, and uh, that's that's another one of the things that makes this so special is that Ken, it's so uh, it's so rare. Like they do not do this very often. In '99, Ken Shamrock and uh, Steve Blackman had an Iron Circle match. Ah. It was like this is what this is what they wanted to do, but instead they just ran each other into cars with that with bad lighting, and everybody kept honking the horns in the cars. It's it's a good idea on paper, but they clearly had no idea what the fuck they were doing. I would argue that it's for the best they don't do this often. Okay. But I'll get into it later. It's more okay. fun when it's yeah. done seldomly. Yeah, I'll pause and get into it later. Um, but this match, as many on our list do, starts pretty quickly. Uh, we oh, get, yeah. They don't waste any time yeah, here. We get proud and powerful. We get Santina. Santina. God, you said that earlier with Santino. We're going to do different vowels to end his name. And it's not even Santino. It's Santana. Santana. Damn it. Just think Carlos Santana. 
Carly. Thank you. We will get Santana. <laughs> Even though you already said his role name is not actually Santana, so it's clearly not related to him. So um, I like how they do not waste any. What? 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 Well, I was just going to say Santana and Ortiz come down looking to spoil the eventual debut of Sting. Oh, they are wearing the war paint. It's the first thing they wore the war paint. Ah, dead presidents. Dead, dead presidents. presidents. That's absolutely right. They do it a few times. Uh, this past <laughs> year in Halloween, they wore the face paint, but they were wearing baseball furies jerseys. I'm like, yes. I don't fucking love the warriors. I, I had zero percent chance this was a a sort of hat tip or a uh, you know a, a a foreshadowing moment. No, it wasn't. Um, but that's what I. But thought, knowing what I know now, but AEW does have those moments. Those mm-hmm. little sort of foreshadowing and sometimes they're really subtle and sometimes they're literally you know kicking it in your face um but yeah 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 yeah. so like when the rock and roll express did a uh fucking canadian destroyer (laughs) oh my god i completely forgot about that how could you forget that like 90 year old ricky borden busted out was insane he's not 90 years old paul 100 year old ricky borden (laughs) (laughs) all right he's like 70 Jesus Christ. <laughs> but, yes, Santana and Ortiz bring the fight to the best friends as soon as the bell rings. Trent hits Ortiz. This is early on in the match. Hits Ortiz with a very long 2 by 4 I mean, this thing has got to be like... 25 feet long or something. Which would make it not a 2x4, like, right? Or would it still be a 2x4? Because 2 is... Yeah, because 2x4 is the by end. Four. Yeah. But it's a... <laughs> two, it's a 2x4 by, by 10. Sorry. Welcome to Home Depot. Sorry. Spencer has no idea what he's doing. Sorry, I am not Tim the Tool Man Taylor, which we know is what Tony Schiavone is the whole time. <laughs> oh, they make references to that here. It's so funny because Tony Schiavone, they'll be using a weapon. And he'll just say, hey, that's a three-quarter inch door right there. That that plywood looks to be about a half inch thick. <laughs> Tony, What? Who cares? <laughs> Thank you, Tony. We I guarantee it's sticking that because it supports the weight of two people standing on it. <laughs> but uh, but I love it as a weapon because it's so unruly. Like, what are you going to – so whenever he actually hits Santana with it, it bounces back up and hits him in the face. <laughs> and cuts him open. What are you going to do? It does. It does. His eye is bleeding the rest of the match because it bounced oh, back yeah. and hit him in the face. So what I love about this match is that every surface can and will be used as a weapon. Yep. Because <laughs> they don't – they use stuff I wouldn't even thought to use. Like when they break a car window off and then Santana hits Trent in the face with it after he's already been cut open. And I'm like, that's just disrespectful. Uh, but the things really kick off whenever Ortiz gets placed under the hood of a car. And Chuck Taylor does a fucking rolling senton onto the hood of the car and then bounces off. Rather inventive. Yeah, and Trent does a senton immediately yep, thereafter. Right after him. And I'm right? like, all right. And that's one of the things I think, yes, we're looking at a parking lot brawl here. So, you fight. know, fight, excuse me. <laughs> so, you know, how how beautiful can Crown the match. Oh, God. <laughs> how, how, you know, beautiful and fluid can things be? They find a out be very fluid. Extremely extremely fluid well i think what they did a really good job of is splitting off into pairs yes. and trading off when the action would happen and and that goes you know to the production team and the editing team the team that brought it to us and was able to switch back and forth at the appropriate times yep. and because you felt like something was going on all the time when really if you were watching it it probably was this pair doing something now this pair doing something next back and forth uh, but it looked like constant action. So really, really well done. Yeah, production very, wise. very good editing. I'm pretty sure this is a pre-tape and they just rehearse stuff and that's why it looks so good. Funny how that works. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, you know, to your point, we have the the uh, under the hood moment, you know, on the car. But <laughs> We get a couple more under the hood moments. <laughs> yeah, but Santana actually gets thrown into a rearview mirror pretty, pretty quickly as well. And so he's bleeding. This match is 13 minutes. He's bleeding for about 12 of them. Oh, yeah. You know, and Trent are get busted very pretty very quickly. quickly, pretty pretty quickly. Uh, and not only that, there's a point where you just see like the uh, Trent is right in front of the camera. You just see there's a bunch of welts and bruises already forming on his back, and I'm just like, Jesus, man! This like two minutes into this thing, they're already covered in welts. Everybody's bleeding, and then Santana gets a riot baton, and I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> the baton, yeah, I the baton was a little silly. 
to me. It's a riot stick. Yeah, I know. I it didn't just, mind it. It looks like a magician's wand, though. Well, they make them like that so you can keep them in your pocket. Well, I know. I understand. It well, just it comes off as not particularly effective. Actually, one of the I I could agree with that. Uh, but one of the things that I credit this match uh, in doing very very well is incorporating things that make sense. Baton, yeah. I guess, take it or leave it. Maybe there was a cop car out there. He found it. Well, no, but that's kind of like that's it one was of their pulled weapons. out from under. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tire, yeah. So, well, that's where I keep my batons. Um, right. So, the, that's one but, of their signature weapons. Well, yeah, no, it's so it makes sense that they they stuffed it ahead of time. There's some story that could be told there. I get it. In a hardcore match in a ring, or or just in any normal match in a ring, you know, someone might go under the ring and look for something, and they'll pull out a stop sign or a cookie sheet or like. What the hell is that doing under a professional wrestling ring? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Well, the wrestler clearly put it there themselves. Right. And so, at least here, whenever Santana and Ortiz or Trent uh, or and Chucky e. T go find a, a guardrail or, you know, a bike rack, I think Tony calls it, yeah, it makes sense <laughs> as to why it's mm-hmm. there. Yeah, because they're in a parking lot. Um, one thing we don't need to gloss over is after Santana uses the riot stick... He catapults Trent onto the underside of a truck, which causes the tailgate to close. Really good. Really good. It's sort of like, you know, the the, the rope guillotine that you see people do in the ring, but he did it with the tailgate. That looked like it fucking hurt. Yeah, that was not fun. <laughs> the suplex onto the hood of the car in a splash. Oh, from one car to one the other. To yeah. the, I mean, Santano. Santano. I can't, we cannot <laughs> get this guy's name right. Damn it. Santana and Ortiz just are on it. Yeah. Like, they are so fluid yeah. in this match. And it's just the precision that you have to have to pull something like that off. It, it was unexpected, and it kind of blew me away. And to quote JR, this is one hell of a fight. It, it is a fight, it, not a brawl. It's a fight. And, okay, so we'll get there. I've got a JR line that I want to bring up here in a moment. but He's got some zingers here tonight, yeah, folks. But we'll get there. Um, in comes a door. Three quarter inch, as as <laughs> Tony would like to tell us, um, which makes a huge difference to me, the viewer at home. Um, <laughs> but Ortiz tries to suplex Trent, Trent through the table or through the door rather, because um, it's got it's propped up against the hood of a car. He's unable to do that. It gets reversed. Trent ends up basically spearing um, Ortiz Whoa. through the door, which is tough. That's tough. That's mm. tough. Um, Santana, the action then crosses back over to Santana and Chuck and Santana. I want to give Santana a lot of credit here because he's throwing these like forearm cross faces at Chuck. And I know a lot of what we'll talk about in this match are the weapons and, um, you know, using the environment around them. But for me, one of the highlights was this just pure form of aggression from Santana with oh, these yeah. just cross faces that are telling me like if you want to tell me these teams hate each other I like it. sure the car stuff helps but these vicious cross cross faces it's the aggression it is I agree I mean he tries to recycle Chuck yeah we, we <laughs> all I mean a lot of us has saw everything that happened beforehand yeah um, and so we kind of realize why there's so much hatred between these guys. But if you hadn't seen any of that, if you went into this match blind and just watched it, you could tell these guys legitimately hate each other. Oh, yeah. Um, this match, just kind of watching it, you know, because I, I actually have not, I did not rewatch it since it happened in, in 2020. And uh, going back for the rewatch, essentially the impression that I got was, this is what all of us wish we could do when we were in college with all of our friends. Oh, like, hell is, yeah. <laughs> like, Are you kidding me? My grandfather actually used to own a used car lot, and I, I can't tell you how many times I wish that I could have gone and just like messed your, up the cars. Your grandfather was Mr. Wormwood from Matilda? How did you know? I knew it. That explains a lot. There was a Matilda reference. How many people get the Matilda reference. Speaking of Matilda references... How many uh, Matilda references have there been made on pro wrestling podcasts over the years? Well, <laughs> the that first time Xavier Woods was Miss Trunchbull for Halloween, so... Hey, that was a good costume, I too. I know, right? Man, I forgot about that. And uh, you know people <laughs> seem to forget about Miss Trunchbull? She totally murdered Miss Honey's dad. <laughs> <laughs> no one no one talks about that enough. Let's talk She's about Matilda. Let's talk she about She totally it. killed him. Did you know that in Matilda the Musical, they normally have a male play Miss Trunchbull? They do. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not shocked by that because of the sheer size you have to find. And 
and in that musical, she actually uh, uh, power bombs Matilda's dad through a windshield. <laughs> really? Funny you mention that because it's the next <laughs> note I have. What a master of segues, Landon Corbin. Not just a power bomb, but a <laughs> double power bomb. Yeah, Trent gets power bombed onto the top of the car and oh. then double power bombed by Santana and Ortiz onto the windshield, and his back is fucked the rest of the match. Oh, yeah. Man, that's, I his mean. His back is what? Booked. <laughs> well, I really like those. Whenever they power up on the roof, the fucking back windshield explodes out of the car. <laughs> so it does. It does. So it's like, oh my god. So this is when when Trent gets power bombed onto that front windshield. This is when Jr. says, and I need you guys to hear this. Jr. says, "This is the most amazing street fight I can remember calling in my career." Hold, please. If J- you recall, Jr., you covered Triple H and Cactus Jack. This is a lot more fun, but that was a lot more sadistic and vile, and I fucking hate Triple H! So, is this the greatest street fight JR has called in his career? According to JR. It's clearly his favorite. He also mentions uh, the the glass in Epidermis, and he he gets the glass in Epidermis mixed up. (laughs) (laughs) But... I think double powerbomb through the windshield. It's so vicious. Glass is everywhere. I mean, to be fair, epidermis is everywhere. Yeah. And essentially, they have become one at this point. So I get it, JR. Mm. I get it. So before we get too far past it, this is whenever the steel barricade, which gets called a bike rack, comes out. And It could be a bike rack. It could be. Ortiz gets suplexed through it. And that thing just crumpled in half. It looked it did. brutal. Yeah. It did. It did. And not to be outdone, Trent then decides, I'm sorry, Santana decides, that 2x4 you like so much, I'm going to break it across your back, and I'm going to break it again. Yeah, and so then it was only 17 and a half inches. (laughs) I am going to call the bike rack a bike rack, by by the way, because I liked it. And if it was a barricade, I would not have liked it. That's true. (laughs) Not a fan of the barricade spot. It's the same damn thing. It's a bike rack, and I enjoyed it. Okay. But did you enjoy the two by four being snapped in half, and then one of the halves being snapped in half again? I did. I did. I did. I did. So like now that. we have a quad by four, because <laughs> <laughs> we have four now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, if Triple H was in this match, he would have torn it. Oh, fantastic! You know what happened that night, though? His show got beaten in the ratings. Oh, oh. this is terrible. Um, so. Santana is now prepared. This just in. Last match standing is canceled. <laughs> what? We'll come back as last match standing 2.0. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> With our tie-dye logo. You're welcome. Uh, I so. actually do watch NXT 2.0, so don't even bother adding me. I like Braun Breaker. He's Scott Steiner's nephew. So, um, Santana decides he's going to try to put this match away. And so he leans Chuck, who's sitting down, up against the very front of a car and he pulls out this big lead pipe and it looks like he's about to just run and crush the skull of Chuck. The best part about this moment is listening to the sound that the pipe makes. Like he he slides it on the cement and he bangs it on the cement and you can hear it's like, no, that's a fucking lead pipe. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say my favorite part of this moment is seeing someone trying to unlock the trunk because the lights keep flashing on the back of this vehicle in this moment. <laughs> and so someone's either unlocking it or trying to push the trunk button. I think they're pushing the trunk button. And thank God they did because would you believe it? It's Orange Cassidy! <laughs> so, he had to, so he had to sit in that trunk. The entire talk about a plant. Maybe not the maybe not the entire time. The camera wasn't always in that direction, so they could have put him in there at the end. Um, I mean, but for all intents and purposes, he was there the whole time. My head cannon, he was sleeping in the back of that car the entire night, the whole time, the whole time. Because I don't recall him being on the rest of that show. Yeah. So Orange Cassidy pops on out, uh, and this is a very over Orange Cassidy, as we know, pops out of the trunk and then delivers the orange punch. With a steel chain wrapped Wrap around his, his hand. hand to Santana. Oh, yeah. While that's going on, the remnants of the twice-busted 2x4 is used to assault the lumbar of Trent. <laughs> L- lumber assaults the lumbar. <laughs> that, that was the joke. 
I appreciate it. Because at one point, somebody, I wanted to punch it a little more. Somebody did say, <laughs> somebody said, oh, the lumbar, or the lumber there. And I'm like, the lumber assaulted the lumbar. Yeah, I love that. Leave it to Landon to over explain the joke for you. I, you know what? I just, I really like talking about wood. Another joke. I will keep <laughs> right here. Uh, Santana takes a pile driver. Santana does take a pile driver on the hood of a car, which you love to see. Um, but then Trent has Trent? <laughs> Trent? Um, Trent has Ortiz, Paul, and what happens with Ortiz? He hits a fucking vertebraker through a makeshift table on the back of a truck. It's so it's not a vertebraker. That's that I'm half not... inch uh, plywood, by the way. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's so that, it's it's kind of like a, a reverse vertebraker. I can't remember what they call it. Uh, Somebody help me over here, all of you watching on Patreon. Somebody comment. Uh, ugh, I can't remember for the life of me what he calls that move. But it, it is a ridiculously scary move to take, nonetheless. It's almost like... Through, uh, pl- through plywood onto the bed of a truck. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. And what that, a great finish. Yeah, and that is enough for the best friends to win the first ever main event parking lot fight uh, to main event AEW Dynamite. Best friends are then picked up by Sue and her brand new minivan, and the best friends drive off. But not before Sue stops, rolls down the window, and gives the middle finger to Santana and Ortiz. I just really hope that Sue has some towels or she's got red upholstery because they are <laughs> bleeding so bad. Oh, there's leather interior she'd find. Like, you could even see blood on the cement. Like, this was a vicious, vicious fight. They beat the hell out of each other, and I loved every second of it. So, favorite moments? Oh, it's got to be the, the power bomb, the power double bomb power on the bomb. Oh yeah, it's really good. I love the the sort of fluidity that I saw between Santana and Ortiz. They just seemed like they were the better unit in this match, and I really appreciated like like the the suplex uh, splash. Yeah, kind of moments oh, where yeah. it's just something that you don't think you're going to see in a parking lot fight. It felt a lot like um, watching the Usos. Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? I get that a lot. Where you'll see a, a splash from from one of the Usos, literally out of nowhere, and it felt a lot like that to me. And the Usos are one of the best tag teams. And the next one would be in motion before the last one even landed. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just they were I loved on it. it. I loved it. It was great. I'd love to see those two teams fight. Oh, I would too. That would be a ton of fun. Um, my favorite, I'm going to go with those cross faces that I brought up earlier yeah. because I love the story the intensity. that it tells the intensity there for sure. Um, lots of fun, obviously spots, uh, in some regard, but I, I liked the story that was there. So, um, 73 matches so far have been ranked on our list of the greatest of all time. And it is now time for the 74th match to make our mm. list of the greatest ever. And before we get into it, before we get into it, I think it is worth Noting the opinions um, about this match. I have opinions. Yeah, so we went back and forth, the three of us, we went back and forth on whether or not we decided that, or we thought that this match deserves a spot on the list of the greatest that have ever happened. Uh, We went back and forth. We were undecided. So we took this question to our patrons, and we, we set a poll out, right? We said, does this match specifically deserve a spot on our greatest of all time. And um, honestly, the feedback um, was a majority no at this point, as things stand at time of recording. It was a majority no. Um, but here are some thoughts that our patrons had to share about this. Um, Brad. Brad says, if you include this match, then you also include either or both of uh, Hangman and Omega versus the Bucks at Revolution 2020, and the Lucha Bros versus the Bucks at All Out 2021, two of the best tag matches of all time. Here's the thing. Uh, I do acknowledge both of those, and there's a very strong chance that we probably will cover both of those. And, and fellow patron, Off Color Commentary, says, I genuinely love this match, but I don't even think it's the best AEW match from that year. And that is, I mean, point taken. There it's are like so the, many the great matches. that year. In, in AEW from, from that year. Well, 2020 was weird because they had some of the highest profile matches in the company's history, but once the pandemic hit, man, there was a lot of stuff where it was a lot of the same thing every week because they only had like 21 people they could work with regularly. So that's why they did stuff like this. All right, fine. Let's just go batshit crazy and just have this insane fight 
in the parking lot because it's different. And so there are a lot of tag team matches in in AEW and outside of AEW that we will still definitely cover as we move Absolutely. forward uh, with this list and, and maybe even beyond. Uh, it was a big deal for us, you know, and I think you listeners should know this. It was a big deal for us to decide to go ahead and take the leap into AEW. I don't think it's it's been a secret that the three of us enjoy the product, that we like AEW, that we think we've had some really incredible matches. Excuse me, And I think a lot of requests have been made about some of the matches that have gone on in AEW, whether it's Cody and Dustin or that Revolution tag that we just mentioned. Even we've gotten a suggestion as recently as Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega from Dynamite. I would throw one out there. Uh, Brian and Eddie Kingston had a phenomenal That was a great match. match. Yeah, so you see what I'm saying. I feel like it wasn't supposed to be, but I felt like those two have probably been wrestling for a decade. They're like, fuck it, we're going to beat the living shit out of each other. And they did. Point is, we have nothing against the idea of putting all elite wrestling on this list. But we also know that we're human and know that there is a sense of recency biased from time to time that we're trying to fight off. And so this match over a year, it's, it's been over a year has passed since it happened. Mm -hmm. And it's been one that keeps getting recommended and it keeps getting talked about in one way or another. You know, despite, you know, whatever you want to say about, Oh, it's not a real wrestling, you know, it's parking lot brawl. It stands out from the clutter. And I think that earns a spot on the list and on the rewatch, the, the what they were able to do with their technical ability and sort of a, kind of setting it to a more hardcore violent environment was one of the best displays of what you can do with the pro wrestling medium in a different creative way that I've ever seen. So for those of you that are like, wow, they're starting AEW and this is the match they choose, do not fret. <laughs> Do not fret. There are other AEW matches that we think belong on this yeah. list of the greatest of all time. At least like five or six. And sure. we will get there. You know, AEW still is in its infancy for the most part. We will get there. Um, I want to touch on what you just said as far as the medium um, in which they displayed this violence. I, I said earlier that I would come back to why I don't think that they should do parking lot brawls often. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why is not because I think they're better spaced out, which is true. But I think the format, the setting, the environment of a parking lot brawl is limiting. From video game perspective, parking lot brawl was an option on so many video games. Yep. And I ne- almost never did it because, oh, dude, I always did it. <laughs> you no, all- I, I did it like maybe once or twice because and then what? never again. You can slam the hood of a car. You can throw well, somebody off no, the car. On, and uh, that's about it. On SmackDown, shut your mouth. If you keep hitting certain cars, the cars will explode and the rest will fly and land on another car. They're yeah. Like, and so it. I love that. Match. Whenever it's just like thrown together and like there's no reason for it, it doesn't make sense. No one's going to go to that. So the environment of a parking lot brawl or parking lot fight is not inherently interesting no. to me. Um, and that's just, that's my personal taste. And that's part of what goes yeah. into this, right? Different strokes. Now, do they do a great job with what they have? Absolutely. Absolutely. They do a really great job. Um, and I think it's a really great wrestling match with all those things considered. However, do I still think it's limited in terms of how great I think it is because of where they are? Absolutely. It has a ceiling, no doubt. Yep. I think, you know, they did the best with what they were trying to do. Um, and it, But but is this going to be better than uh, you know Undertaker versus Mick Foley and Hell in a Cell? Absolutely no. not. Um, but, you know, I think it did make sense why they were in the parking lot. And I think it deserves to be part of this conversation. I do, too. So I'm so happy that you're both looking at me because I actually <laughs> do have a spot for it. And it might not be the spot you're thinking of. Okay, so just as a reminder, if you are new to the pod for whatever reason, this is episode 74, number one on our list currently, is Triple H and Shawn Michaels from SummerSlam 2002. And bottom of our list, number 73, TLC1 from SummerSlam 2000. Yes. So that's sort of the beginning and end, the ceiling and floor of our list at this point. Which is still, if you've made it onto the list, we're calling you one of the greatest wrestling right. matches yeah. of all time. There's no so shame in any of this. Just because matches. we're saying it's the bottom of the list doesn't mean we're like, oh, well, we hate exactly. this match. Right, exactly. So that being said, I think 
in my humble opinion, I like this match more than TLC. Okay. I like this match more than the calamity that is King of the Ring 2001. Ooh, you're calling it a calamity. That's interesting. What else would you call that match? I think, actually, that match has a lot in common with this match. There's a lot. It is a bit of calamity. Well, the, the reason why I it's, say calamity is it's being... perseverance of... Oh, of, dear God. That's what we were to call it. ...of Kurt Angle uh, continuing to wrestle the match even after breaking his tailbone. Well, the um, problem... The, which is funny, because when we recorded the episode, I fucking love this match. I've watched it recently, and I'm like, knowing what was going on behind the curtain, and knowing what was going on, like, as Kurt was like, no, he's going through the goddamn glass. Yeah. Like, please stop. The, the angle slam from the top rope on the piece of wood, you know, I, I loved yeah. it. I loved it. But well, I, I it do too. see some parallels here very, between that and parallel. this. But that is a match that went way too far that should have been stopped. Okay. This match, I don't think, goes too far. This match finds... They find a spot where they're like, what can we do that is... It's different. It's edgy. Uh, that's fun. And then they find ways to make it fun. They find ways to push things. What? Apologies. Sorry. I just oh, wanted sorry. to make sure that we were not... Well, when I was yeah. in a stream of consciousness, and I don't know. No, you're uh, so good. I, I, I was not I was trying to interrupt. Apologies. So, yeah. I would actually put this one above that one just for the fact that this one does not fall off the rails. And... My argument to, oh, you're saying that Kurt and Shane fell off the rails. Yeah, the match should have been stopped. Uh, and one thing that really, to this day, pisses me off about that match is if Vince on the headset is screaming at, at Mike Kyoto to end the match, then why the fuck didn't he just let Kurt Angle pin Shane McMahon on the goddamn entrance ramp? It's a street fight. Falls should count anywhere. No, you got to get back to the ring. Motherfucker's got a goddamn broken tailbone, and Shane's fucking dead. In the goddamn match. I get it. Yeah, I get that. I never got a point in this one where it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, please stop it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm afraid for everybody's health involved. This one, this is fun. And I don't feel like people are shorting their careers like they were in, hell, in uh, TLC. And I don't feel like people were taking things too far and fucking their bodies up like they were in that in that street fight. Speaking about fucking up your bodies and taking things too far, the next match up at 71 is World's Cutest Tag Team and the Young Bucks from PWG. I mean, there was a lot that might you know be considered being taken too far in that match. Well, I mean, the fucking penis suplex was... The fun. greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, actually, no, let's, let's talk about that match for a second. Because... I mean, it was really hard. Let's talk about that match for a second because the the cage match from All Out 2021 was brought up, and there's a very similar spot in that match that there is in the greatest tag, excuse me, the world's cutest tag team, which is the the converse covered in thumbtacks. Mm. And there's a point where I saw Matt Jackson put that shoe on, and I'm like, you know, he did that a few years ago, and I hated him for it, and now I hate him again for it. So something about that match is electric atmosphere but that's just because it's PWG show uh, do I think this is a better match eh, yeah maybe um, but I love Candice LeRae and I don't want to do that to her so I'll keep this one at us <laughs> yeah I think that one might edge out just based on Candice's performance in that match was next it's all level. her it's all her it's all can it's all about Candice it really is and, and, uh, I, don't, and, and I don't I, really I don't want to do that to her because I love Candice LeRae she's amazing uh most blood I've ever seen on a human being in my entire life in that match. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I would keep this underneath that. So I'd have this, what, the new 72? 72. 72. So that's a, that's a good number. Landon? Yeah, I I actually prefer the Angle-McMahon match from King of the Ring 2001. I really, really love that match. I remember it very fondly. It does go places that maybe it shouldn't have gone. Um, but on whenever I'm just a spectator, I don't see that. I don't know those things, and I would rewatch that match yeah. over and over again, well, probably before the parking lot fight. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though. You can't unknow these kind of things. That's true. That's true. When and the glass shatters, the glass shatters. No pun intended. I mean, um, but <laughs> I mean, I understand why they didn't use sugar glass. The power would have blown the glass up. But. There's a conversation that should have happened. Oh, there was a breakdown in communication. Yeah. Uh, no, and, and there was absolutely no breakdowns in communication in this tag team no. match that, that we and saw. I, and this, this is not going to get into a discussion about the, in, the inner working politics of either company. That's not what this is about. One of those matches is from 2001. 
The other one is from 2020. That's that's 19 years. A lot of things have changed in the world oh, of big wrestling. Time. Big I mean, time. that would never be allowed to happen in WWE ever again. Um, but yeah, in in my heart, uh, this is this is definitely more of a, a, a 70, 72, 73 sort of kind of deal. So what you're uh, saying is the exact same range that I've got. Yeah, Spencer, what's right, your right around there. <laughs> so this 72. is interesting because so often when we rank matches on our list, we're talking about. You know, it does this belong in the top half? Does this belong in the top twenty, in the top forty, whatever it may be? And excuse me, we all seem to be very much in agreement that it isn't really looking at those in that no, area of our is, list. This uh, is probably going to be in the bottom three when we're done, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. No, it's it's a good match. Um, I, I it is not lost on me the feedback from our patrons. Um, it's not awesome either. That's that why are, I'm not like arguing for it to be higher. And like whenever we first agreed to do it, I'm like, guys, this is probably going to be a bottom half match. Yeah, but like we gotta we gotta cover it. We can't just cover the 25 greatest WWE matches or the 25 greatest impact. We have to we have to fill a list of 100 matches. And I'm not saying that this match is a let's just do it to fill a spot. It's not. Uh, it's something that we have actually been talking about for a little over a year of covering this, and you you guys kept bringing it up. So that's why that's why we covered it. And yeah, I I think Paul, you know, kind of off of what you said, we've we've tried really really hard, especially post season one, season two, three, four, to expand our horizons, not just for our own sake, but for our listeners' sake. Yeah, we I want mean, them to know like, other things are and, out there, and uh, you know, that's why we've hit double digits in terms of number of promotions that we've covered exactly, on this show. Yeah, we we covered triple A match in this season, guys. Yeah, which is good stuff. Like, I'm grateful that we've done those things. Yeah, I, I love that we're branching out more and more and more, and that means we're going to start doing things like AW. We've, we've done Impact. We've, we've done AJW. We've done New Japan. We've done triple A, guys. I, I, mean, I think AEW's spot on this list was inevitable. It like was. I don't think that we are like taking a risk or this is not a big stretch for us to hit AEW on our list. This was coming. We just didn't know when, right? And we're, you know, three quarters of the way done with season four. Now we're almost three quarters of the way done with the top yeah. one hundred matches of all time. We've 74. been through a lot. We've done a lot of things. And when I look at you know, the 73 other matches that we've covered so far, this isn't them. It's just not. And that's fine. And, and I, you know, hell of a job by Best Friends, hell of a job by Santana and Ortiz. This is a fantastic main event of a wrestling show. However, comma, this for me does not hit the levels of what came before, at least in terms of what's made our list. And so for me, it's, it is going to be last. It's going to be 74. And the reason why it's 74 and not 73 over TLC one is because of the history involved in TLC one. Whereas this parking lot fight, other than it being a big, you know, a nice moment for the tag team division in AEW, um, does like, I don't think 10 years from now, we're going to be like, God, that changed the game. Whereas with TLC (laughs) one, It did, even if the match itself wasn't insane um, in terms of technical ability. Yeah, um, it 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 left its mark. And I, I would I would like to hope that this one does get fondly remembered because we, I think it will be fondly remembered. I Absolutely. really hope it is. I, I really hope that this is not a flash in the pan and that in like you said five ten years no one gives a shit about it. I, I don't think it's going to become this hidden gem that people go back and watch. But I, I do think that when you talk about Innovative uses of like matches yeah. or just cinematic matches. I, I really yeah. hope this one is brought up because it's a lot of fun. It's 13 minutes. It's short. It's fun. And it didn't go too far. <laughs> I think this has a very real chance to be one of those top 10 AEW matches for the next couple of years. Oh, you absolutely. Know, in terms of. 10 best matches AEW has put on. I think it I think it's like number 5 or number 6 right now. Yeah, at, I, at least for for t- we're talking we're talking dynamite. We're not talking pay-per-views. Yeah, I and I I think you're absolutely right in that regard. Um but again for for me personally at the end of the day it's 13 minutes of fist fighting and hitting weapons around some parked cars. <laughs> That occasionally get destroyed. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> it's fun. 
and I ha- and I would I would rewatch this match. You know, I absolutely would. I think it's a hell of a good time. Um, it's just not one of the greatest for me. So I that's fine. I'm at 74, but you guys were a little higher. So I, oh yeah, we're one point higher. I, well, I love the comment about the the history that TLC one has and the weight that that carries. <laughs> Sorry, I brought that back. Um, uh, please don't argue. But uh, yeah, no, you know what? I'm fine with 74. That makes sense to me. Call me a whore because I'm going with 74. <laughs> so, nothing, runs the, nothing runs at four. Oh, I liked it. I liked it. Score. S- so. Poor. Um, more. Whore. More? More. Did we say s'mores already? S'mores. Feed me more because I'm saying 74. <laughs> you can't sue me because you don't know the copyright to that one. <laughs> so, um, there you have it. Uh, man, TLC1, was that season one? That feels like a lifetime ago. Might have been uh, season two. Uh, it was way back. EXE was. not e- responding. Listen, no, I can tell you right now where it was. Um, it was a lifetime ago. However, um, and I will tell you as this is me talking as I find it. Um, <laughs> yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're doing a great job. They can see maybe, maybe we can have Paul do an impression while we're waiting for you to find it. Uh, something you guys would forget about. That. <laughs> this is this is your chance, Paul. This is your moment. Why don't you do? Um, Gosh, what could we what could we have Paul do? Uh, let's have you do Owen Hart accepting his second Slammy <laughs> as uh, Jim Cornette. As Jim Cornette. Okay, I gotta think of what Jim Cornette sounds like. I mean, I know what he sounds like, but I gotta get that in my head. I don't think I've done a Jim Cornette yet. Okay, we can give you something else. No, 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 it's, no it's fine. I'm trying. I'm trying. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get Jim Cornette. Um, so you can you at home you can actually see the process now. So it usually goes with me looking very confused and then laughing very hysterically before I start talking. So I'm trying to remember exactly how his speech goes. It's not a very complicated speech. Uh, Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette, Jim Cornette. Um, or Vince Russo. Oh, I can do a Vince Russo. Do a Vince Russo. So this is... How about Vince Russo? I, I want to do the Slammy Award winning speech, though. So how about... Owen Hart accepting his second Slammy Award as Vince Russo. Okay. Well, it's Vince Russo. So I, there's one thing I have to I have to ad lib a line because it's Vince Russo. You can ad lib as much as you want. I swear to God, bro, I'm gonna tell you who won the Slammy Award for best bow tie. Yes! <laughs> I did it again! Uh, no, no, Owen, you're presenting. You're presenting there, bro. Oh, okay, bro. <laughs> I did it again! I'm a winner, and I have nothing to thank except for my sweet self. Not you, Brett. Not you, Mom. And not you, Dad. I did it! Woo! Incredible. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> TLC one was episode 16 from season one as a matter of fact so that match has held the bottom spot on our list for now you know 58 episodes uh, and that streak ladies and gentlemen is over well congratulations to Santana and Ortiz and uh, <laughs> congrats friends, friends. Because you guys are now officially the 74th greatest wrestling match of all time. Officially. You're on the it's list. scientific. It is. It is. That's, no one can argue. <laughs> I mean. And on. actually, we want you to argue. Should this match have been higher? Should it have been on the list at all? You tell us. Again, email us, lastmatchstanding at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at lastmatchcast. Let us know how you feel. Hey, we're on Instagram, too. We are, we are on the gram. We are Since on when? Instagram. Love that for us. Is um, it the gram or is the IG? The, I, the, I just Insta, I think Insta? is what I oh. usually call it the IG. Insta. The IG. Um, and yeah, and the listen, gram. we've gotten some really good messages uh, on Instagram. So yeah, that, that's gone really, really well for us. And if you want an impression of the Yappa Pie strap match, DM me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe, guys? Our next episode will be episode seventy-five. What is that? Is that that's our diamond jubilee episode, <laughs> right? That's that's the seventy-five. It's like the diamond kind of right. Isn't that the diamond anniversary? I thought that was the gold. No, no, no. Seventy-five is diamond. I know it is. Uh, 
Oh, yeah, hundreds of platinum. That would make it our, the 74th anniversary of our first episode, wouldn't it? Oh. Damn it! <laughs> 74 years! Oh, my God. Not according to WrestleMania 25. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, we have just a little ways to go here in Season 4. Uh, we appreciate you guys sticking with us. I know our calendar has not been the brightest and best for you guys this season. Let's um, just say that... You know, we have jobs, and those jobs aren't the best, and those jobs require us to work a lot. So the first half of the season, we really cruise through. The second half of the season, we're taking our time. We're taking the scenic route. Uh, and that's okay, because it's leading up to a really spectacular yeah. season finale on episode 80. To quote a friend of mine, it's not a sprint, it's a crawl. Oh, I like that for this list. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not telling you who I got that from. 74 down. We'll see you next time on episode 75. Until then, I'm Spencer. I'm Paul. I'm Landon. And this is Last Match Standing. Standing.